a dish called beef rouladen, a favorite meal with Lyle Lovett in Italy, and playing with your sister in front of tens of thousands of fans. This week, we're talking to musician Victor Krauss. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast and website for foodies at DestinationEatDrink.com. This week, we're talking with Victor Krauss. Victor's a talented musician who's released several solo records. He's also a longtime member of Lyle Lovett's large band, and he's an in-demand player who's been on records by Dolly Parton, Jerry Douglas, Bill Frizzell, Natalie Merchant, the Cox family, and friend of the podcast, Sarah Jarose. Victor also played on the new album by Robert Plant and his sister Allison Krauss called Raise the Roof. Right now, Victor's out on tour with Robert Plant and Allison Krauss playing guitar and many other instruments. And Victor tells me about how he came to play with Robert and his sister and the unique instrument called the Mellotron. Plus, we talk about food, of course, including deep dish pizza in Chicago, barbecue in Austin, and Victor's favorite meal of all time with Lyle Lovett in Italy. Okay, I'm starving, so... Let's eat. Destination, eat, drink. Victor, welcome back to Destination, eat, drink. It's great to get to talk to you again. You're out on the road right now with Allison Krauss and Robert Plant. So thanks for making time with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for having me. You're in the touring band and you played on the album with uh, Robert and your sister, Allison. But I'm curious... How did it come about? I mean, did you get a phone call? Did your sister mention it during Thanksgiving dinner? What what, what happened exactly? Uh, well, um, I had played a show with uh, Allison and Robert uh, years ago. And, and again, this was uh, after Raising Sand. We did a uh, Kennedy Center uh, performance uh, uh, for, for honoring Lead Belly. And uh, we, we did this as uh, just as a, as a quartet with just just her and Robert and then Buddy Miller and I playing. Initially, they thought I was going to play bass. I ended up we ended up working out arrangements, and and Robert eventually just says, well, "Why don't you just play guitar <laughs> uh, on that?" So it was just Buddy and I uh, playing guitars for that show, and and uh, it seemed to work really nice <laughs> nicely. And um, uh, and and I, and I remember maybe about four or five years later that they were talking about possibly doing another record or, or at least revisiting uh, maybe like a 10 year anniversary of, of raising sand and they were going to do some more stuff. And, and they thought about maybe having me in the band and, and they, uh, they, they wanted to, they, they actually ended up having a bunch of different players on uh, this go around. It, it was um, with the addition of David Hildago and, and Bill Frizzell and then uh, Mark Rebo joined uh, the recording as well, and and um, the the album ended up being a, I guess a, a collection of tunes that they had recorded uh, nine years previously, and uh, a, a bunch of the tunes that were recorded both in uh, late uh, nineteen uh, twenty nineteen and uh, early uh, twenty twenty before the pandemic hit, and um, uh, how I ended up being in the band. There was uh, you know they uh, they wanted. 
uh, a bunch of us that were on the record to be in there. And um, then they kept working out, trying to figure out somebody who might cover uh, some piano, guitar, and uh, you know, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, baritone guitar, maybe some of the octave, uh, twelve-string electric, and uh, that became me. <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, and actually, uh, between the three guitarists in the band, we're, we're switching a lot of the time. But uh, um, even even between even within a song, there'll be something. So I'll, I'll make a change, and so that that's. That's kind of how I got got here, and uh, um, it's exciting. It must be. I I wanted to ask you about that being a multi instrumentalist because you play so many different instruments. So this makes you a very valuable band member. But I was I was looking over the credits to the album, mm-hmm. and one thing that struck me was uh, on the raising the roof album. It says you get credited with playing the Mellotron. Mm -hmm. And I remember the Mellotron back from, uh, you know, those old 60s records. And I I, I, I know it was on Beatles records. I can't remember if there was any Mellotron on Led Zeppelin records or not. I I would have to imagine at some point John Paul Jones pulled out a Mellotron and stuck it on a a record, but I can't recall. But anyway, I never realized how the Mellotron – made its way from uh, from Mellotron to synthesizer. It was kind of an early synthesizer. And I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about the instrument of the Mellotron, because it's fascinating to me how it operationally works. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's thought of as, as to being like the, the, the very first, uh, you know, sampler instrument. I mean, like in, in, um, in synthesizers, a lot of the time that you'd actually use a little digital recording of of a tiny snippet of of sound or or music or a musical instrument and um and so in sampling you, that's become very commonplace but uh early on it was uh, the mellotron and the chamberlain that, that actually that they uh they would record uh an instrument playing each individual note and then it would become a a, a tape loop uh, like a, a piece of uh, audio tape that would then uh, be spliced in the middle and it would create this loop. So you'd press the button, you know, you press the key and it corresponds to that individual note. So it really does have a, a special sound of sounding almost real, but uh, it has, you know, imperfections that made that particular instrument so distinctive. And um, I remember the very first time that I played one, it was, it was unexpected. And, 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 uh, uh, you know, it's like with any instrument, especially a keyboard instrument, how it makes you play, uh, different, uh, makes you play differently according to how the touch is, how the, the sound responded. And, and a Mellotron, because it, it is a piece of tape, will run out of, uh, the duration of the tape will end. So, uh, if you play a note after, you know, depending on how long the loop was, uh, was, you know, maybe five seconds at, at the most. I, I, I don't know if I'm, if it's, that's completely accurate, but there's, you know, on strawberry fields forever, um, that, um, the reason why you, you have a tendency to play like the flutes because the, the sound will run out. You can't just play a long chord. And, um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, it will make you play a certain way where you have to be mindful of when the actual note is going to stop. You know, with the uh, Mellotron makes a new machine, well, which behaves the same way, but there's also, um, I, I'm using a, a Nord 
piano, which has a, an actual modern digital sample of that, and, and you can play it for however long it is, uh, which is you know, pretty handy on stage. So you're not you're not dragging a Mellotron from city to city playing these tape loops. You've got a you've got a digital one, not an analog one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're 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 like a um they they're notorious for requiring maintenance and and uh, you know just the, the real ones are very expensive and and fragile and and uh, yes, the Mellotron did show up on on Led Zeppelin recording, especially you'll hear it on. Um, the live version, the the live uh, song remains the same. Oh, on uh, like on No Quarter, maybe. Uh, no Quarter uh, would have been a Fender Rhodes through a Phaser okay. uh, on, on the live one, but the uh, uh, but like on the Rain song. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back because I started. I saw on YouTube they've got a uh, the whole song remains the same up there for free, and I started watching it the other day. Uh-huh. And I'm gonna have to go. I didn't get that far. I'm gonna have to go back and look at that and see if I can pick out the uh, Mellotron in the Rain song. Yeah. yeah. Um, you you talked about uh, the last time I had you on, Victor. You talked about being a huge Led Zeppelin fan growing up, and oh yeah. I just wonder when you're out there playing, and Robert Plant's in front of you and he's singing black dog or some other led Led zeppelin song what are the feelings that are going through you i mean can you can you tran do you transport back to being a kid listening to those led zeppelin records or are you so focused on the moment that you're like all right gotta pay attention i've got some chord changes this is in a (laughs) a a strange black dogs in a strange time signature so i i gotta i gotta be uh you know on the moment or can you kind of lose yourself a little bit in there well, it's it's hard not to lose yourself a little bit just because of being, you know, being such a fan and, and trying not to be a fanboy <laughs> out there. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is more about the focus and and you know trying to separate yourself and being in the moment and you know delivering what you're supposed to be be doing at, at the time. And and uh, you know, and, and he's he's a he's a wonderful person, and uh, you know, and and it's. Um, uh, I've been kind of really maybe not, you know, uh, listening as much to everything while I'm out here, just so I don't get kind of lost. And, oh, you did that. You did that. You know, and but, you know, it's hard. hard you, know, you can't help yourself. <laughs> it must be it's going on almost 30 years. I met Robert once um, at, a, at a concert and it was almost 30 years ago. And he oh, just what? he struck me as a very. Uh, jovial, friendly, you know, uh, they, they use the word in England bloke. And he just seemed like a friendly bloke, like a guy that you oh, would meet yeah. at the, uh, you know, at the corner pub. Um, I'm wondering what your takeaway is. You're, you're working with the guy. It's a professional relationship, but it's also a musical relationship. So you're spending a lot of time in intimate settings. What's your takeaway for your feelings for, uh, Robert? Well, yeah, just almost exactly what what you said that he's just he's just a, a really pleasant person, you know, and and uh, welcoming person, and and fun, and and a great sense of humor, and so smart. Um, I, I remember the first couple times being around him, just how he includes everybody who's in a room, you know, like if if he's talking to one person, he will look at almost everyone and make eye contact and saying, "Hey, you're you're part of this too," and. Um, not to feel exclusive and and uh and just just so quick quit quick witted and uh you know it gives me the impression that he was always like that or or 
or seemingly, you know, that uh, every time, you know, I read an article and they were, they were, I, I guess it was something about Led Zeppelin and they were saying what they were looking for some kind of flaw in character and, and uh, they never found one. And <laughs> so, um, you know, so it's just, uh, and, and it must be a reason why he's so, um, you know, on and off the stage while he's still so appreciated and well liked. Let's talk a little bit about food. Um, so you're on the road right now with the band. I, I would have to imagine that the backstage catering uh, for a tour of this magnitude is is pretty darn good, but I don't know. Uh, why, why don't you tell me what your experience has been so far, Victor? Oh, gosh. Yes, it, it has been really good. There's, uh, um, you know, some are better than others, but but most of the time it's it's been really great. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of um, the, the one boy we played, uh, I guess it was Saratoga Springs was like, whoa, that was really good. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, um, I don't know if it was like they had this great caprese salad thing the other night. Oh, yum. And uh, you know, a, a couple of times they've had this guy who's making a certain pasta concoctions that are or that are you know where you have many different options of just anything you can put in it and it's almost like there's a cook there um that can make it for you and and uh and then we had some kind of charcuterie that was uh that was amazing in in uh in uh indianapolis um that i hope i pronounced it right but <laughs> it almost was like it was uh um I, I said they were grooming us for Europe, which is coming up. Okay, yeah, because you're gonna get some I I don't know if you guys are playing in France, I would assume you are, but you're gonna get some great charcuterie in France, definitely. Yeah. Are are you one of those guys that uh likes to eat before you go on stage to kind of fuel up, or are you one of those guys that's like, No, I, I, I can't I can't eat beforehand, I have to wait till afterwards? I, I'm usually before. Um, I'm usually kind of early enough from sound check and I, and I don't eat a, a huge amount. And then I usually, um, I take a folding bike with me on tour and I, I usually after, um, dinner will ride a little bit and get a little bit of uh, adrenaline going <laughs> and then, um, uh, but I, I usually don't eat, eat that much after the show. And do you guys have a, have a band, have a band meal or have you had a band meal together where everyone eats together or is it kind of you're on your own? It's kind of, we're on our own. I, you know, I, I imagine that might happen maybe sometime when we go overseas or, or, or even here, but that we, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> now you were just in Chicago, um, a little while ago. I, I saw on social I saw on social media I don't know if you follow Robert on social media but I think this must have happened in Chicago they dedicated a muddy waters way or muddy waters place or something like that um, a new and there's a new muddy waters museum which I've thought being a Chicago guy has been overdue for so so long yeah, yeah. he said he was gonna go visit that it's it's fantastic because you know um, they've they've kind of got the Willie Dixon Center where chess studios used to be but there's not yeah there's not a ton going on there i would i would love to see that turned into a giant multimedia museum with uh you know all the stuff because so yeah. many great records were recorded there um but anyway i was going to ask you because you're an illinois guy um mm -hmm. did did you eat out when you were in chicago we we did we uh, uh we always like uh i, I imagine there's strong opinions on this front but we, we really like uh, uh lou Malnati's, the, okay. the place in that, that uh, 
um, just the sausage. <laughs> I really Classic. Liked that. Yeah, uh, I think that was that was about it that we we did there. Um, we weren't there for, for long, and and uh, uh, my family uh, joined me up there. Oh, um, nice. My wife and then so we always we always try to fit that in there. And and oh yeah, and I think we did the original pancake house, which is uh, which we can't get, which we don't have in in um uh, in tennessee <laughs> <laughs> so uh, original yeah. pancake house and lou malnati's i'd say you know lou malnati's is great i'd say it's one yeah. of the few places that actually you know lives up to its reputation you know the yeah, yeah. Uh, all the tourists when they come to chicago they want to go to lou malnati's or one of, one of the other places but lou malnati's is actually worth worth going to you know yeah yeah i i mean i know i i've uh, I, I mean, been to uh, I, I love Giordano's and mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, uh, Gino's East or, or Gino's East. I guess Gino's East. I remember. I always think. I always say Gino's East because it's. Uh, we went there for a high school band trip uh, um, years ago. I guess my junior year. And okay, that was my first Gino's East <laughs> uh, experience. Now you're you're from originally from Champaign, Illinois, and we we talked a little bit about Champaign. Um, yeah. and Urbana when you were on the podcast last time. But when, when you talk deep dish pizza, I, I would say we can't, we can't leave the subject without mentioning uh, Papa Dell's in Champagne, oh, yeah, yeah. because that's actually my favorite uh, Chicago deep dish style pizza. It's two and a half hours south of Chicago in, in Champaign. And when we yeah. were living in Georgia a couple years ago, I had a friend who I went to school with and he sent me three Papadell's deep dish pizzas. I couldn't even fit them in my freezer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh man, yeah, I haven't had one of these. It's been at least 10, 15 years. And it's funny. I, I uh, yeah, Papadell's is, is really, really great. And, and, uh, I, I, I actually grew up more having, um, thin crust and it was, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was monocles for us that, that we don't get. I, I, I remember monocles. I remember advertisements from monocles, but I don't remember whether we actually had that pizza or not when I was living in Champaign. I yeah. would imagine at some point, some late night, um, we probably did. Uh, you, Victor, you guys are heading to Europe for July. Couldn't be a better mm-hmm. time to uh, to come and tour yeah. Europe. Um, have you Have you looked at the itinerary yet? Have you checked off any places where you're like, oh, I'm especially excited to go here? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, uh, our, our family history is from, from Germany and, and, uh, uh my dad's from Germany originally. And, uh, that's always neat to go there. And as well as, uh, and then my mother's father was from Italy. And oh. so it's neat to kind of, to, to feel a little bit of that heritage or at least discover more about it. Um, uh, there's a couple places that we're going like uh, in Norway and Poland. And, uh, uh, that I haven't been be- before, I, you know, it's funny. I haven't written everything on my calendar on where we're going and what our, our, our spots are. So it, it's a little hazier on, on, on our, on where we're actually going on, on this, on this run, but it's, it, I'm sure it's all going to be, uh, spectacular. <laughs> you, you mentioned your mom's family's from Italy. Do you, do you know where, what region they're from? Have you done any, uh, looking into that? Yeah, her dad was from, uh, it was R10, um, which is kind of near, uh, uh, Venice. Okay. A uh, little, little village in, in, um, um, 
uh, I've never been there and, and, it, and it's, and it's kind of hard to find. Uh, you have to kind of really look for it on a map. I did notice you're going to one of my favorite towns in Italy called Lecce, which maybe you're playing a festival down there. I'm not sure. But um, that's in the Puglia region, which is the heel of the boot of Italy. So it's the far oh, south hey. of Italy. And I don't know how much time you're going to have when you're down there, but it's definitely worth walking around that town. They have oh. just this crazy uh, Baroque architecture there that's um really just out of this world but i'm i'm going to i'm going to plant this in in your head victor they've got a dish down there called orecchette which is little pasta shells that look uh orecchette means little ears and i think they look oh, like little that. little hats but they have a dish down there orecchette with uh rapini which is a green and a lot of times they'll have sausage with it as well oh, wow. and you can get it everywhere in Puglia and i think you will adore it if you have an opportunity to uh to do that at all when you're in italy yeah i hope so i, I remember one of the uh we played uh i've mentioned this the, the last time we spoke but there was a, there was a show that i did with uh Lyle Lovett uh outside of Verona where uh the the promoter had taken us to some you know uh, really old spectacular looking building and and treated us to dinner and i think it may have been the uh, best uh meal of my whole life wow <laughs> and i don't i don't exactly remember what we had but it was just i think everything was was just incredible I think a lot of people have an Italian meal in Italy near the top of their list. I know it's it's in the top of several of my lists as well. Um, you mentioned Lyle Lovett. I, I saw that he's got a new record out. Did did you mm -hmm. play on his new record? I did. And he's out, he's touring. You can't do both. <laughs> yes, this, this one I, I I can't I can't clone myself uh, for this. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's uh, yeah he's I think he's starting uh, in about. Uh, I thought I read maybe that the fifteenth was his first date. Yeah, and and, and it's a, it's an extensive tour that I think it, it looks like it's almost going on f easily two months um, straight. And uh, I, 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 our tour started a little earlier, but it's ending uh, a little later. But we have a, a, a little break in the middle of it. Did you talk? You know, you were playing on the record with Lyle. Did you talk to him and say, "Hey, look, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go out on tour." Yeah, yeah, we had a conversation, and and uh, I, I remember uh, this. We were actually in the pandemic uh, at that time, and they were trying to make arrangements for that. And and um, he was understanding, but you know, um, and uh, uh, knew that this was a you know a a, um, a special thing to do with with my sister and and Robert, and, and uh, so he was he was gracious about it, and. and Hopefully he'll have me back. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I told you the last time we spoke, um, you know, uh, Lyle Lovett and his large band. I don't know that I've ever seen uh, a tighter, more on-point band in my life. I've, I must have seen that band, I don't know, eight, ten times at least in the, uh, in wow. the 90s and early 2000s. And uh, I, I, I told you the, the first time I saw and uh, he introduced you and he said, from Champaign, Illinois, I just had a, uh, a shiver go up my spine. I was like, that's so cool, man. <laughs> and yet here I am talking to you. Um, you mentioned your, your father's family's from Germany and you guys are going to Berlin. Uh, is this yeah. a place you've been before? This is a, a good music city, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I, um, I've been there a number of times. I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I, I think I've played there 
maybe once or twice with with Lyle, uh, but hey, it's just it's just a spectacular city, you know. And um, but yeah, I, that, I think that's the last date on on the European leg, and um, and I, I and I thought I saw maybe we're Stuttgart, but I might be wrong. But I I know there's one other German city in there. Yeah, it's 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 always fascinating. I I, I took my family there. I guess it was in 2018 that we we took a trip of uh, England and and Germany, and uh, Berlin was was uh, uh, was in the itinerary. <laughs> uh, a great foodie city. Um, have have you enjoyed the uh, the currywurst when you're in Berlin? Yes, I I have. Uh, boy, what did I have? I had something. It looked terrible, but it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> there was a, um, it was uh, the beef roladen, okay. which is like, a, um, oh gosh, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, you know, a bunch of ident- unidentifiable parts, uh, <laughs> <laughs> components to it. And, and again, it looked, it looked bad, but it was really, uh, really great. Um, and, and my mom, uh, just because of, uh, the heritage of my dad would, would prepare a lot of German dishes a lot of the time so I, I remember liking that one and then I, when, then I went to the source and I, I don't think that, that was in Berlin it was actually in, in Hamburg uh, okay. one particular uh, restaurant that was just incredible uh, you know looked like out of Hansel and Gretel and oh lovely and, uh, yeah I, I know you're not a big beer drinker, but I know you do have a glass of beer occasionally. But when you're in Berlin, like my friend Rick says, these guys perfected beer 400 years ago. So um, you got to have at least one glass of beer when you're in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, every once in a while I'll, I'll try. I mean, you know, just because because exactly that same point, you know, that they, they know what they're doing over there. <laughs> and and uh, it's worth it. The, the, to, to give it a try, you know, especially you know, to complement whatever you're you're eating. In Germany, it just seems like the uh, there's something that they do with bread there that's like oh, nowhere, yeah. you know, just how to make it so so hard on the on the on the outside, and then have it be like this perfect um, uh, consistency on the inside that's just different than anywhere else. After Europe, you guys are in the states for August. You conclude in Austin which is a mm-hmm. place I lived in for a few years. I, I imagine you're very familiar with Austin. You must have played there a ton yeah. of times with Lyle. Mm-hmm. Any any places you like to go when you're in Austin? Since catering is always in the equation, I don't always get to go out and, and see what's 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 around. Um, you know, uh, but, you know, I've been, been to Guero's tons of times. Oh, and, yeah. And, That's and, a great spot. Yeah. Guero's Tacos. yeah. And uh, boy, I'm, I'm trying to think. There's there's this uh, Indian restaurant near the capital that I've that I've gone to a bunch of times, but I can't remember the the name of it. Um, but those those are probably the 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 main two that I've I've hit over the years. And um, I, yeah, I think I think you know. If, if, oh, you know, in Ironworks, the the barbecue place that was. Uh, um, that's always been walking distance from the hotel where we would stay. And I was like, Oh, okay. I really like, uh, love the atmosphere and, 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 uh, um, and the food there is, is, is always been good. Guero's is just so typically Austin. I think, did, did you ever see that movie, uh, chef with John Favreau? 
There's a no. uh, that part of it takes place. It's kind of a road trip, sort of a road trip movie. And he takes a food truck and drives it um, quite a distance. But anyway, he stops in Austin at one point and they they stop at Guero's. Uh, Gary Clark Jr. is playing on the on the stage. They've got a little outdoor stage there at uh, oh. at Guero's. So uh, it's it's worth it's worth looking up the movie, if not for just that scene alone where Gary Clark Jr. is playing in Austin. I mean, n- uh, nothing seems more Austin than that to me. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check that out. There's we were also we were in Austin a, a little while ago. We had to take care of a little business, and um, there's a new place in the Mueller development called Rebel Cheese, which is mm. a, a vegan cheese and uh, sandwich shop. And I was a little skeptical going in, I must say, but these guys they've got I don't know twenty different kinds of vegan cheese in there, everything from blue cheese to cheddar to mozzarella, everything, and. I got to say, it's some of the best cheese I've ever had in my life. And the sandwiches were out of this world. And I'm just, I've been preaching the gospel of rebel cheese ever since I was there. (laughs) So I don't know. It's, you know, Mueller's not exactly in downtown, so it might not be easy for you to get there. But something to think about if you ever find yourself with a day off in Austin. Well, Victor, it's been great catching up with you. Great talking to you. Um, Tell Allison and Robert I said hello. I'm sure they're anxious to know how I'm doing. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm so glad that you guys are uh, having fun out on the road on the tour. I wish you were coming to Portugal so that I could go see the band. I'll have to catch up on uh, on a live album or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that that might happen. There's been, uh, um, yeah, it really has been a been a treat out out here. Well, thanks for being on Destination Eat Drink and best of luck on the road and best of luck, uh, you know, moving forward with all your new projects. Well, thank you so much for inviting me again. Okay, there you go. It was great catching up with Victor while he's on the road with Robert Plant and Allison Krauss. They're playing dates all over the U.S. right now. Then, as he said in the podcast, they're heading over to Europe for a few weeks and then back to the U.S. I've got links to Victor's website the Robert Plant and Allison Krauss website where you can get tickets for the tour and places we talked about as well as a link to Victor's first appearance on the podcast. Get all that in the show notes at radiomisfits.com slash DED186. Also, after talking with Victor, I got inspired to do a little Mellotron investigation and Led Zeppelin did indeed tour with a Mellotron. Victor talked about how that would be difficult logistically, but Zeppelin did indeed do that in the 70s, and there is a Mellotron used in the movie. The song remains the same for the Rain Song and Stairway to Heaven. You can see John Paul Jones playing it in uh, the Stairway to Heaven clip from The Song Remains the Same. I also found out that a Mellotron wasn't used for the studio version of Stairway to Heaven. That's actually multi-tracked recorders played by John Paul Jones. Remember the recorder, the instrument you played in grade school? That's what John Paul Jones uses on the intro to Stairway to Heaven. Led Zeppelin also used the Mellotron on the studio version of Cashmere. So there you go. I'll I'll bet when you woke up this morning, you didn't think there'd be all this Mellotron talk, did you? But here we are sitting in the midst of Mellotron world. Um, I found all this out on the website called planetmellotron.com. It's a real rabbit hole and you can get lost just like I did for hours down there. 
Well, uh, that's it for this week. Next week, it's all about desserts and sweets. Don't miss that. Now, recently I posted a picture on Instagram of some pickles I made, and some folks asked me for the recipe. So I posted that at DestinationEatDrink.com. It's super easy to make. They are super tasty, and it doesn't take much work and prep, not nearly as much as traditional pickles do anyway. Uh, made them in like half an hour, and they last for a couple of weeks in the fridge. So it's a great recipe. Get that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. If you enjoy the program, do me a favor, rate and review us on your podcast app. Thanks so much for that. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.